Well, good morning. Good to see y'all. Hey, so we're nearing the end of this uh, 40-week journey through the Scripture. Uh, This week, we will open the last book in the Bible, which is the book of Revelation. It just reminds me how thankful I am for uh, our pastoral team, the teaching pastors who've gotten up here, uh, Pastor Michael, Pastor Trey, Pastor Ben, and uh, shared uh, in this journey with us. Uh, This week, like I said, you'll be reading Revelation uh, 1, 2, and 3. The word revelation, uh, singular, not revelations, it's the book of Revelation, uh, is the Greek word apocalypsis, uh, which means unveiling or disclosure. It it means to uncover something that uh, has been concealed and to kind of take away the veil so that everyone can see. And, And guys, that's what this book... The book of Revelation is all about, it's an unveiling. Like in the book of Revelation, and in fact, in life in general, there are more things going on than we can see with our eyes. And Jesus wants to reveal them to us. He wants to reveal something to his church. In the book of Revelation, he reveals our future and our hope. Like one scholar put it this way, he wrote that uh, uh, the book of Revelation seeks to anchor us in our present by giving us a picture of unseen realities in the future. Jesus is coming and he is victorious. That's the message of the book of Revelation. Jesus wants to reveal that to us, but mostly the thing he wants to reveal is himself. Like the actual title of the book of Revelation in the Greek is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Like revelation, like the rest of the Bible, is all about Jesus. And so the main thing that he reveals in this book is himself. And as you read the book of Revelation, like one thing to note is at the very end of the book of Revelation, it promises a curse on anyone who will add to this book or take away from it. And at the very beginning of the book, it promises a blessing to anyone who reads it aloud. The idea is in a gathering like this, when the church is assembled, when you read it aloud and a blessing on those who would hear it and obey it. One commentator writing about the book of uh, Revelation, a guy named Daryl Johnson, uh, said that if he only had one book in the Bible to read, like for the rest of his life, say that he is in some country and they imprison him and for some reason they'll say, we'll give you one of the 66 books, but not the other 65. Which book would he pick? He says, hands down, it would be the book of Revelation. And this is why. He says, no other book of the Bible presents the gospel as powerfully as the last book does. No other book of the Bible in the face of all that threatens to undo us proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ the way the last book does. More particularly, in no other book of the Bible do we see Jesus as clearly and compellingly as we do in the last book. I am convinced that no other book helps us see Jesus as he is right now as clearly and compellingly as the book of Revelation. No other book helps us see Jesus more, Jesus relative to the movement of history 
the way the last book does. No other book helps us see Jesus relative to the powers at work in our time the way the last book does. No other book helps us see him in a way that overcomes our fears and frees us for radical faith. And no other book in all of human literature crystallizes what it means to belong to and follow Jesus in this world. Revelation is not a crystal ball revealing esoteric secrets that enable one to escape the harsh realities on earth, but a down-to-earth manual on how to be a disciple of Jesus facing the harsh realities of life on the earth. Guys, Revelation is a mystery, right? Many believers have not even opened it, not even started reading it because they've just heard about it. Like they, they read a couple of left-behind books, and it freaked them out so much, they never want to read the book of Revelation. But for all of its mysteries, Revelation is a letter written by Jesus himself to seven churches, like in Asia in the first century. In fact, the whole of chapters 2 and 3 is Jesus literally speaking to those seven churches. These are believers who are facing persecution if they simply remain faithful to Jesus and not give in to the tyrannical ruler who demands to be Lord over their lives. Like These are believers who are dealing with heretical teachings that say that they get to define for themselves morality on their own terms. Like this is a church with its back against the wall, like fighting for its very survival. And what does it need most? Like five steps to have how to identify the Antichrist? You know, three steps of when you know the rapture is about happen, to happen? No. What they need most is a clear and compelling vision, a clear and compelling revelation of Jesus himself. In Revelation, we see that the Lamb wins. Guys, that's the message of Revelation. We need to remember that. Like I, I tattooed it on my arm so I wouldn't forget. Like we should never forget that the Lamb wins. This book that often terrifies us is actually intended to instill courage. In Christians, not fear. This is not our swan song. This is our victory song. Amen. Like the church is victorious in Amen. the book of Revelation because the Lamb wins. Revelation is not the end of the story. It's just the beginning of the first chapter that goes on and on. And every chapter is better than the one before. That's the book of Revelation. And guys, because it promises a blessing to all of those who read it and hear it and obey it, I'm going to do that this morning. Like as I've studied this week the book of Revelation and kind of written a sermon and discarded it, I had this strong sense that what I need to do is let the Scripture speak for itself. See, the Word of God is still alive and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Yep. 
Like the word of God still judges the thoughts and intentions of our heart. God says of this word that it still goes out from him and does not return empty, but accomplishes every purpose to which he sends it. And so as I read the scripture this morning, I would ask you to give it to your full attention. Like if you have a digital device, put it away. You can read the words on the screen as I'm reading them. You can follow along. I would want you to take notes, but the notes I want you to take is what is God saying to me like in this text? Like as I give the word of God my full and undivided attention, what is God saying to me? How am I like those who first heard these words read in the public assembly? And how am I different? What needs to change in me? And how is the vision of Jesus in these pages exactly what I need this morning? Someone paraphrasing uh, the great preacher of old, Charles Spurgeon, wrote these words. He wrote, he said that the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose and the lion will defend itself. Guys, this morning we're going to see what the word of God and the spirit of God can do in the hearts of the people of God. That's what I want to do right now for your blessing this morning. I want to get out of the way and let the lion of Judah roar. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to our God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming. He's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island of Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, 
write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man. Clothed with a long robe. And with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white. Like white wool, like snow, his eyes were a flame of fire. His feet were burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice oh, was like the roar of many waters. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades Write, therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And so to the angel of the church of Ephesus, write the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do the, do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life, I know your tribulation and your, pro your poverty, but you are rich and the slander of those who that say they are Jews but are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested 
And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death. And I will give you a crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. And to the angel of the church of Pergamum write, the words of him who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast to my name and you did not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children, before the sons of Israel, so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her into, onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead." And all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast to what you have until I come." And to the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, I will give him authority over the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces. Even as I myself have received authority from my father, I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches and to the angel of the church in Sardis write, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. 
You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write the words of the Holy One, the true one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews but are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole earth to try those who dwell upon the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast to what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches and to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write the words of the Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you are either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined with fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. So I, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Guys, I've never read that much Bible in public, except, of course, for last hour. Uh, but the word says that if you read this, you will be blessed. And so at least I'm blessed today. Uh, depending on what you do with what you hear, you will be blessed also. Like God promises that. Like the book of Revelation is telling us over and over and over and over again, church, be ready. Be ready. The king is coming. He is coming over and over in the book of Revelation. That is repeated. Jesus is coming. I come quickly. Behold, I am coming. And the verb tense is very specific. Not I will come, but I am coming. Like the process is happening at this very moment. I mean, understand this. Jesus is not kicked back on God's throne, like passively anticipating a time in the future, some far-flung future date when he gets up and begins to move toward us. He's, he's moving right now. Aslan is on the move. The lion of the tribe of Judah is ready to roar even now. The train has already left the station. It's going to happen. We can count on it. So the only question we need to answer is how can I remain faithful as I wait for him? How can I remain faithful as I wait for Jesus to return? Like, what would he have me give my time and energy and passion and resources to? What can I pour out for him? How can I be faithful to the end? How can I be an overcomer, a conqueror? Well, he tells us, and this is just what I wrote in the margin of my Bible as I was studying this week. This message to the seven churches, to the church of Ephesus. Those apathetic Christians who had lost their passion for Christ. He says, I know your works and how you're standing up for the truth with great patience. However, you have forgotten that truth is not simply a concept. Truth is not just an idea. Truth is a person and his name is Jesus. So remember what drew you to him in the first place and repent of your apathy and return to him. Live righteously and passionately. And then church, the church of Smyrna, those suffering Christians, he says, 
I know you are suffering. In fact, I've gone ahead of you as the suffering servant, so I know exactly what you're going through. And I know where all of this is going to end up, so don't be afraid, church. Stand firm. I will not promise you a long life, but I will promise you a crown of life. And so open your ears so that you can hear me cheering you on toward the finish line. And then, O church of Pergamum, compromising Christians who think they can take some of the world and some of the teaching of Jesus and squish them together. He says, I know where you live. Has that ever been said, like, in a nice way? Right? I know where you live. And you're scared. Like, that's what he says. I I know where you live. I know your specific challenges and temptations. I know that you have been holding on to your profession of faith. Good for you. Yet, you have opened the door to compromise. You have opened the door to synchronism, believing that you can have a little bit of me and a little bit of the world's philosophy. So you better choose the right side. And you better choose quickly. I will speak a word and that sword out of my mouth will cut down all falsehood. So open your ears so that you can hear the swinging of my sword in time to duck your head. And to the church of Thyatira, those unfaithful, adulterous Christians, he says, I know your works, church. I know that you're doing even more good works now than you did when you first believed. However, I am not falling for it. I'm not falling for this misdirection. You may be fooled, but I am not. You cannot cheat on me and make it up by buying me expensive jewelry or taking me on elaborate vacations. I know the truth. So open up your ears, church, and hear me. Stop what you're doing and follow the example of those believers in your own church who didn't fall for your foolishness and follow your bad example. Stand firm with those who are standing firm. And then to the church of Sardis, those zombie Christians, the walking dead, he says, you know what, I know most people think that you are alive, but you're not. Reputation is not reality. You're just putting on a show. You're just going through the motions. You smell like the grave. Remember the gospel. Hold fast to its message and repent of just going through the motions. Open your ears and see those few believers in your own church who are faithful. I'm coming for them, but I'm coming against you. And to that faithful church, faithful Christians in Philadelphia, Jesus says, I know that you're weak. I know that you're powerless. I know that the odds are against you. I know it looks like you don't have a chance. But that's just what makes your continued faithfulness 
all the more outstanding and your coming victory that much more glorious. You're almost there. You can see the tape. You can see the finish line. This is not the time to slow down. The destination is so worth the journey. I want the whole world. I want the whole universe. Unbelieving angels who've become demons and unbelievers even. I want the whole universe to see me place a crown upon your head. And to this final church, the church of Laodicea, these smug Christians, they have it all together. Jesus says, listen, I know the truth. You are self-satisfied. You're self-sufficient. But you need to be self-aware. You make me sick with your religious arrogance. Quit playing church if you will humbly admit that you are naked, if you just humbly admit that, I would clothe you. If you would confess that you are blind, I could give you sight. If you want me in your church, just open the door and invite me in. Stop celebrating yourself. Stop worshiping your own success. I work well with those who are weak. So be ready. He's coming. You know, I, I, I think, God, can you imagine? I mean, just imagine you're the church of Ephesus that we studied just a couple weeks ago. This faithful church founded by Paul where Jesus' own mom went to church there. Priscilla and Aquila led there. Timothy was the pastor there followed by John. And now it's about 95 or 96 uh, A.D. Domitian is on the throne. He is this crazy tyrant who he wants everyone to confess that he is Lord. Timothy's been executed. John takes his place as the pastor of the church. During that time, he writes the Gospel of John. He comes to, I guess, the Roman leader's attention that we have one of the original disciples of Jesus with us right here. So instead of executing him, they don't want to make a martyr out of this guy. They send him off the coast of Ephesus to a little island prison called Patmos. And there he is, an old, old man in his 80s, been following Jesus since he was a teenager. A teenager who said... Come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And this teenager followed Jesus for 60 plus years. And he's worshiping on the Lord's day and he hears this sound, this voice like the roar of many waters. Write this down. And then John, who knew Jesus better than just about anybody on earth, Jesus, his, like John would say, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved, or more honestly, I'm the disciple with a really good self-image, right? Like he had a sweet relationship with Jesus, his big brother. He'd followed him for 60 plus years, and he turns to hear the voice, and he was not ready for what he saw. 
Jesus in his glory. He was stunned, and it says he fell at his feet as though dead. Some scholars believe he did die, and that when Jesus laid his right hand on him, he raised him from the dead. And he says, I want you to write this down. I want the church to know where all this is heading. I want them to know about my victory. I want them to see me for who I am right now. And can you imagine John taking that letter and he sends it to the seven churches. They're all in a row on a Roman road. And so the first church that gets it is the church of Ephesus. The elders receive this letter and I'm sure they open up the scroll and they begin to read it. And at first they're excited and then they're not excited. And then they're terrified. And they finish the letter and they call the church together and they stand up and they read it, not like I did, three short chapters. They read all of it before the church from beginning to end. Why? Because they read those last words. Don't add to this word. Don't take away from this word. Blessed is the one who reads it publicly and blessed are those who hear and obey. So he gets up, the elder, the teaching elder of the church reads this letter from Pastor John, the words of their Savior Jesus, and it really messes with them. See, the book of Revelation, these letters to the seven churches mess with us because we see ourselves on these pages. Like, that's what the Bible does. Like, I read parts of the Bible and think, mm-mm, I don't like that. Because I don't like what it says about me. I don't like what it exposes in my heart. I don't like seeing how selfish and stupid I am, how prideful I am, how petty I can be, how unforgiving and bitter. And I, I'm, that's laid bare by the Word of God. And so, guys, I hope this morning as we close in prayer that the things that you wrote down, the thoughts that you had, the way that you knew the Spirit of God was speaking to you, that you would do business with God on those issues. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your word is alive and active, that it really is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's the thing that cuts us through our hearts and lays us bare, and it's also the thing that heals us. We thank you for the truth that we read this morning. Words to a church that had lost its first love to remember and repent and return. Words to a church that was suffering and weak not knowing how powerful and rich it was as it waited for the return of its Savior. Words to churches that were half-hearted and lukewarm and compromising and churches that are faithful. Lord, we find ourselves on the pages of Your Word, and I pray that Your Spirit would do the work to expose what we need to do with what You have said this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I'm, I'm not afraid of the future because this, this week I read the victory song and I know where all of this is heading. And I'm not afraid of governments and kingdoms and presidents and despots because my big brother 
is the ruler of the kings on earth. And so he wants us to anchor our lives in these promises of spiritual and real realities that he has promised for us. Overcomers, there's going to be a day when you will walk with him dressed in white for you are worthy. And there will be a day when he gives you a stone and on it will be written a name that only you and him know. Your new name. I'm so glad because I've never liked my name. (laughs) And then he will introduce me to his father. Dad, I I want you to meet. How awesome is that? And then I'll sit with him. How crazy is it? I'll sit with him on his throne and the enemies of God and the demon hordes will come before us and bow. That's our victory. Like, guys, our future is bright. The church is victorious. Read Revelation this week and enjoy the victory of the Lamb. God bless you, church. Now to Him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you spotless before His presence with great joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory and honor and dominion and authority both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.